Welcome to Meant to Be Mama podcast. We are your hosts, Meg and Sarah. Two women with one mission, unpacking the real and raw truths of infertility, pregnancy after loss, motherhood, and everything in between. Thank you for joining us today. We are so glad you're here. Hi guys, Meg here. So excited for today's episode. We have an incredible guest on with us today, Amanda Sojati. Her and I have we we met do we meet on Instagram in person? We're gonna we're gonna get into it, but it's so awesome and we're so honored to have you here a part of our podcast. Um, we've definitely shared our stories, we've heard an IVF story, and what I love about you is that you have a story that is not done being written yet. And we're excited to chat and just, no, it's, it's not done, but it, I love it's that. getting started and it's happening. And I totally see this for you. And we are just honored that you're willing to hop on and share. Um, I don't know, Sarah, do you want to say anything or should we just jump on into it? <laughs> well, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> um, Amanda and I have never met before, so it's so nice to meet you, Um, you and I'm just so happy that you're here and willing to share, and um, I can't wait to dive into your story. I know, Meg. I feel like we've like met once or twice, have mutual friends, have known each other online. How it goes? It's awesome. Basically, all world of social media and just living close to each other too. But so, tell us, like. When was your like? Give us a rundown. Like, when when did you have your loss, and and how are you doing? Yeah. Um. So it's been a little over a year. So November of two thousand and twenty one, I was going in for my ten week appointment. Um. We were expecting to get ultrasound photos, but there was no heartbeat, and kind of give a backstory to it because I think it kind of leads to like where I'm at now with like the trauma behind it. I had a really, um, I had a really tough appointment there. It wasn't just, there was no heartbeat. It was a doctor asking me, am I sure I'm pregnant? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it was just a, it was just the overall experience. I felt like I was just so numb. But anyways, they had came back and they're like, you're right. You are pregnant. I'm like, I know. So what are you trying to tell me? And so basically I had an ectopic pregnancy. So um, an ectopic pregnancy is basically when the egg fertilizes anywhere but the uterus. Um, In my case, it was my fallopian tube. So how they found out was there was some swelling in my tube. And so when you have an ectopic, you have two choices kind of. Um, You can either essentially take a pill to have a miscarriage essentially or surgery. Um, I didn't really have a choice. Uh, My CG levels were too high, so I had to have surgery. So, yeah, and it was in the midst of COVID and everything. So just the entire situation of being at the hospital, being at the doctor, it was just all very, very traumatic. Um, But anyways, I had an emergency surgery the very next morning. And there's some cases where you can essentially kind of scrape it off, for lack of better words. Um, But I was too far along. So I actually had my entire tube removed. So what I actually learned, which I didn't know beforehand, was you ovulate every other month, each two. So technically, um, 
I had every other month to try, but they didn't really know what side I was on. So, you know, um, that's kind of my backstory is kind of, it was a lot of healing the physical body. Obviously, that was the first surgery I've ever had. And that kind of took me down physically. Um, And then emotionally, obviously, that was a lot to go through. So that was kind of the depth of, of my loss. So when you go went in for the ultrasound, uh, like, did you have any pain like on your like, did you have any idea that you or did you go in feeling completely normal? So actually, yeah, about a week before I was having really bad cramps. And then I started spotting like um, brown spotting. And I had called my OB and was like, hey, my appointment's not till next week, but this is what's going on. And they were kind of like, I think everything's fine kind of thing, which kind of leads to like where I want to go to towards this um, this message is how I kind of lean into my spirituality, which it's almost like I kind of knew something was wrong. So yeah, I did have cramps, but apparently it's normal. So um Yeah, I did have some cramps and I did start spotting, but it was only one day. So I thought that was kind of unusual too. And obviously I've never been pregnant before, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, And they only had one day of spotting and that was about a week prior. Did your office not, do they not do appointments until 10 weeks? Do they make you wait 10 weeks for the first ultrasound? Yeah. So that Mm -hmm. was the first time that you'd been in there? Yeah. Um, No, it was... For the ultrasound, yes, but I've had, I think, two or three pre- appointments before then, which it's so interesting kind of how timing works because um, I was at my OB, which was just a hospital, just to kind of get in and kind of get that, like, you know, that, like, validation where you take a home pregnancy test where you're like, I have to go to the doctors and just let them validate for me. That's kind of what it was because I had been interviewing midwives and, um, which worked out because one of the midwives I wanted to um, go with, they weren't able to get me an ultrasound till like two weeks after, which in hindsight, I wouldn't have made it that long. So it was kind of good that um, I had my appointment at the, at the hospital. So you had, so you had the ultrasound at 10 weeks, but even that was like too far along that they then had to take the tube, right? Yeah, so the egg was essentially too big in my tube, which they actually showed me photos post-surgery that I did not ask for. So if you can imagine having this loss and literally having a visual of like oh my God. <laughs> of an egg being stuck, I had to live with that. And I think that was... I think just the experience and I think, you know, going through loss, as you guys know, is one thing, but I think I just had so many other elements to it that just made it so traumatic for me. Um, I'm very, like, I'm not, um, yeah, it was definitely an experience at all on atopic pregnancies. Um, is that just a fluke? Is that like genetic? Is that, can you get your tubes flushed? Like, did they, like, is there any, like, things that you've done now since then? And then I, I guess let's start there. And then I have another question. Yeah. So an ectopic pregnancy is kind of just a fluke. It's like 1% of women have an ectopic pregnancy, one or 2%. And 
there's really no answer to it. So I think that was the hardest part too, because, you know, you deal with what did I do wrong or could I have done something better? Um, and I know for me personally, I went through a journey where um, I didn't even know if I can get pregnant because I had done extreme bodybuilding for so long. And so I always kind of had this guilt or the shame around like, did I mess up my body? Um And I obviously didn't know anything about it either, but apparently there's not really a reason. And as far as I know, my other tube is still fine. I'm still fertile. And it was kind of one of those unexplained. Sounds sounds about right. Infertilities or not infertilities, but because even now, you know, yeah, even now it's been over a year. And I feel um, like that, I mean, there's no like not at all the same situation. But for so me, think, that was the only answer that I got too is that it was a completely random, less than 1% chance of it happening. You didn't do anything wrong. It just, for whatever reason, happened to you. And that's hard. That's hard, kind of. Because at least for me, I was like, what can I do better? What can I do differently? What can I change? And they're like, nothing. Which is good. I mean, good and bad to hear, but it's it can be tough to kind of grapple with. Yeah, and I think that was the hardest part. You know, I remember post surgery uh, meeting with my OB. Then, literally, his only advice was, "Don't try too soon." <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, "Okay, it's not gonna it's not gonna be difficult getting pregnant." Yeah, like I'm gonna get pregnant right away. And this happened November, so I'm like, "Okay." don't get pregnant too soon. I think March is good. Like, you know, and I thought it'd be like, I honestly did not think I would have any issues. That was kind of um, a unique part of my journey too is, you know, now that we're coming up on the year, I've been kind of toying with, do I want to go to see a specialist or do I want to keep leaning in to kind of the healing journey I'm doing and just trust? I want to know about, because I know you're like in such a good place right now with everything that, you know, when we were talking earlier, how I think a few months ago we were talking and I know you were like not in a good place and you've just been doing a ton of work and healing. Like what has been that journey over the last few months for you to get to where you're at right now mentally? Yeah. So the last year, um, I was just obsessed with trying to um, be fixed, if you will, right? I saw all the healers, all the coaches, all, you know, the holistic modalities, acupuncture, all of it. And I was so obsessed with it. And, you know, I did the yoga teacher training. I got into yoga. I just completely changed my lifestyle. And then it kind of got to a point where it's like while I was healing, quote unquote, I didn't realize up until very recently that my grip was still so tight, you know, and throughout the healing, I've really learned to really work on like my mindset around it and my emotions towards it because, you know, I don't know what experience you guys had, but when I, when this first happened, I feel like I was so numb that I was like, I just want to help people. Like I want to help everyone that's going through it and I'm fine. I'm fine kind of thing. And then a couple months down the road, I'm like, I think physically I was feeling better. Yeah, so then like all the of a sudden emotionally, I was like, oh like, my God, I am not okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I've been really lucky to kind of explore different healing modalities with, you know, meditating and things of that sort, which has brought me a lot of peace. Um, And it's really helped me kind of um, undig different parts of myself that kind of connected to my why for, I guess, wanting to start a family, right? Or it kind of just made me dig a lot deeper where it was like, yes, what I went through was so traumatic, but there was also other traumatic aspects of like my childhood or past relationships that I was able to really dig, which I was not expecting at all. And so I think that's kind of what made the healing process shift from just baby to like me. I relate so deeply to that, Amanda. Yeah. And it, you know, I think I am finally in a place that I can kind of say this, I could find so much gratitude in my grief because, you know, I was just not present for so long. I remember, you know, obviously the first four or five weeks, you know, you're pregnant. And I remember there were days I was so busy with work, like I couldn't even breathe. And now I'm like learning to slow down. I'm learning, you know, what my worth is. I'm learning where and who I want to put my energy into it. Um, I've really deepened my relationship with my partner, which I think is a whole different thing. Um, But I think with all the like, grabbing, grabbing, grabbing for people to help me. It's almost like a light finally switched. And I was like, oh, I can also help myself, you know, and I don't, I don't want to put it lightly where it's like I just snapped out of it because I put I, you know, I did so much work to get here. But, you know, there were days very recently that I was like, I don't even want a baby anymore because I was so tired of feeling so depressed and feeling just dead inside. Like nothing sounded fun to me. I didn't, there was just nothing else. Like every choice I made was like for the baby, for the baby, or, you know, where it was like, I got invited to a snow trip to go see my brother in, I think August. And I'm like, oh no, I'll probably be pregnant by December. I'm not going. So it was just like my entire life revolved around what if, And um, I finally learned to like let go of what if and be present. And my reality now is I've kind of gotten another chance at life, which might sound dramatic, but truly, you know, my entire perspective has changed. And I could be so bold and say my entire life has changed for the better since. And I think especially for women that go through, you know, infertility or loss, we think that the only happy ending is being pregnant again, right? Or having a baby, which is what I want and so badly. But I did get a happy ending because I did come out of the dark. I did find my way out of the tunnel, a very, very deep and dark tunnel. And even though I don't have the baby yet, I found the light, you know, or I'm finding, I should say. And coming out of that place. I could cry, honestly. (laughs) I could cry too. I find this so inspiring because like part of me wishes that I, that I could say the things that you're saying. Cause I can't, I can't honestly 
say what you're saying. I think that it's, I mean, takes incredible strength to be able to kind of like look deep into yourself and say like, you know, I can find, I can find joy and happiness on the way there instead of like after an end result. Yeah. And trust me, I, you know, I beat myself up so badly because I was like, why is this taking so long? You know, like when I look and there were times now where I'm like, I literally did not, did not accomplish one thing last year because I just sat there and cried literally every day all year. Were you guys trying at all? Like, were you guys trying over last year, like every month or like every so often? We were. So we were actively trying very shortly. So I knew when I ovulated, I just didn't know what side. And I think that was the scary part. And I think the biggest kind of aha for me, I guess, was I was trying so hard to find purpose from the pain. And my personal story was I remember being in the hospital with my partner. And before I had went in, we had promised the baby that we would make something of our life. Like we would, you know, change our world and just do what makes us happy for her. And I say her because I've had a lot of meditation experiences connecting with her soul. You know, since then, on the physical realm, my partner has really gone for it. You know, he's starting his own plumbing business soon. And he's really like done the physical things. And for me, I'm like, I haven't done anything. Like I'm just sitting here crying every single day, you know. And I think very recently, I've learned that there wasn't a lesson to be learned. I just got another chance at a different way of life. And I think that was the biggest part that I needed to kind of find this peace because, you know, when something like that happens, you put so much blame on you and you're like, okay, I'm going to figure out what the lesson was. Like, what was the lesson as to why I lost her, you know? But I think when I was able to say, because I think sometimes when we think of learning a lesson, it's kind of in a like, you've got to do this, you got to do that. And I think for me, I kind of was able to look at it with a different perspective of like, it wasn't necessarily a lesson. It was just another way of life that I would have never known or slowed down to take in if this had not happened. I the, I, I think the one thing we can all like relate to in our journeys is, and we were just talking about this earlier, Sarah and I, but like we want to control so many aspects of our life. And when you go through something like this, it really teaches you like the little amount of control that we have, but the things that we can put our energy into and we can control, like you've been doing, like really focusing on healing and the positive and finding the light, like those aspects of control, like make you feel so good, you know? And then the other parts when it comes to our bodies and the science and all the things that are going on that don't make sense that we're trying to like grab onto and grip onto and find the answers. Like we, you learn in the journey, like you really just have to surrender in that, you know? Yeah. That's the word that I was going to say. I was going to ask, like, was there a certain like moment or like week or I don't know, did something happen where you just like, you just kind of like surrendered to it? 
like how, you know, how did you go from like crying every day to like, okay, I'm going to start to heal myself? Yeah. So this might sound a little woo woo or a little crazy, but a little hippy dippy. I love it. Yeah. So get ready. <laughs> so I really think that I purged everything out. Um, I had my first panic attack, like literally had to go to the ER so bad that I was literally throwing up. And shortly after that, I remember it was during the darkest days. This is maybe in December that I literally just felt so empty inside. And I remember that morning I was with my girlfriends with coffee and I was just crying. I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this. Like, it was almost like I just accepted that, like, okay, this is, I've got to just learn how to, like, get by life now. So the afternoon, I actually felt called to, like, do a little meditation. And I, like, started falling asleep. And I was like, okay, this is cool, whatever. And I was kind of in and out of it. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, energy work, if you do that kind of thing. But I literally felt this, like, shaky energy, like, leave, like, my womb space. And I remember thinking, like, whoa, what is this? And I'm telling you, after that, it kind of just – that's why I want to say I just, like, snapped out of it because I think – and you know what I think it is? I think I was so – I think I surrendered to the fact that, like – I am being raw. This is how I feel. I'm not going to hide that like a year later, I'm still grieving. And I think because I was able to be like completely honest with myself and really let myself feel instead of numbing everything or like, sure, I was controlling, but I was just like, I think honestly, I started to... And it sounds kind of harsh, but I think I had mentioned it earlier. I started telling myself, like, it's really not about the baby anymore. Like, I just want to know what it feels like to be happy again, you know? And I think once I kind of focused on me of, like, I want to heal for me, I feel like things started to click, you know? And I think that when you lose – I don't know if you guys probably have the same experience, but when you lose a baby – you, as much as you want to let go, you don't want to because mm-hmm. you feel like if you do, yeah. they'll never come back. Yeah, I completely relate to that. And I think for, you know, so long, I kept saying, I, you know, I'm ready to let go, I'm ready to move forward. But internally, I really didn't want to because it was the only memory I had, you know, and even though it was a short 10 weeks, it was still a memory. And I think I just, I really didn't want to let that go because I was scared that if I got over it, it just would never happen when really it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. I I had feelings of like, so for me, I got pregnant pretty quickly after um, we lost our first, but I I really kind of struggled with like loving the baby that was like growing in my belly and like feeling guilt over like not, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I felt a lot of guilt of like kind of letting go of or releasing the first and our first was a girl. Um, also. So I, I, I really struggled with like, I wouldn't have this baby right now if I hadn't lost her and feeling like guilt over, over that. 
I, yeah, I had, I had a lot of trouble letting, like, kind of releasing her. So I, I completely, you know, relate to what you're saying. Yeah. I could, I could totally feel that Sarah, where you're like, am I, I I have never really thought about that in the sense, like you got pregnant so soon after to where it's like, you're grieving, but then you're also like, yay, I'm so excited at the same time, but it's so close that you didn't really like have the... Yeah. And I hadn't met, I think I, I have an easier time with it now that I, I have my son and like I've met him and, you know, but while I was pregnant, like I was 18 weeks pregnant on my due date, um, with our first. And it was just like a really odd feeling that I was so like, so grateful that I was pregnant, but I also felt so sad that I was pregnant because it meant that I didn't have her. And I felt guilty that I felt guilty that I was happy that I was pregnant because that meant that I had lost her. And so it was all just kind of, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. And can I ask you how you like release that guilt? I think it was, I mean, so for me, I, I would love to be able to like say what you're saying. Um, because for me, like it all just kind of happened for me once I had my son like physically here, like I wore a necklace, um, my entire pregnancy. And like, I mean, after I lost her, I had, um, a necklace that a really good friend sent me with her birthstone. And I wore that necklace like every single day constantly. And I was like, I'm going to release it. I'm going to, I'm going to take this necklace off when I have my son and I'm going to put on his name and like, I'm going to like let I'm going to let her go a little bit once he's here. So for me that's kind of how it happened and then and then once he was here like he was here physically and you know I could look at him and be like you wouldn't be in my life had I not lost her. Um so that for me was like how I ultimately was able to let her go but I'm like um, so hormonal right now. <laughs> But yeah, for me, I like, I, d- I, w- I didn't ever really do like a lot of internal work, which I think is so, so necessary. And I probably still need to, to be honest. No, thank you for sharing that. And I think, and I think that's, you know, why I really wanted to share my story because I know like coming from somebody who lost and is struggling to get pregnant, you know, I've, I've come to a place where being around babies isn't hard for me. Like, I love babies. I love, I mean, okay, maybe every once in a while when I see an announcement, I'm like, but, you know, overall, like, I, I'm okay. But I also remember, and still kind of am being at a point where it's like, really feeling that there was no other option to happiness besides getting pregnant. So I know that, you know, everyone kind of following your guys's journey might be in the same bow. And so I just wanted to offer, you know, being able to, you know, give yourself permission to be happy or to focus on other areas and, not feel like you've lost or not feel like 
you didn't get your happy ending because kind of like what you said, Meg, like, yeah, I didn't get my happy ending, but I'm also starting something new. And I know that that's only going to better prepare me for motherhood whenever that time comes. And I think because of the work I've gone through with it, I know, like, I just, even though, you know, obviously I'm not pregnant, but I know for like a fact that I am going to be such a different mom if I hadn't gone through that, you know? And I think that alone brings me a lot of peace, which, you know, that was definitely hard to find. And there were things that I had to let go. Actually, Sarah, you mentioned a necklace and it's so funny because I, um, Okay, so I have to backtrack because I think it's so important for people to connect to their spirit baby, however that makes sense for them. And I know um, I want to share mine because I thought it was so special. I think I shared it with you, Meg. So I remember writing in my journal and because I think I had so much control of like, she's going to come back. Like, it's just going to be that spirit. It's not going to even know, like, she's going to come back. And I remember I might have had a conversation with a girlfriend that was like, it might not be that spirit. Maybe she'll just be, you know, your your angel forever. And so I remember writing in my journal, because at this point I was writing to her every day. And I remember saying, you know, if you decide you just want to be a part of this family as an angel, then, you know, that's your choice. And I'm going to love you no matter what. But just come to me as a yellow butterfly so I know that you're here. I kid you not, that day I was in the yard uh, with my partner. We had taken a break to play with the dog. And I'm not talking a monarch monarch butterfly. A bright-ass neon butterfly flew by and I was like, And I literally had to like grab my journal so he can read it. So he didn't think I was crazy. And so that's kind of our thing now, right? Where it's like now we can see yellow butterflies and the things that used to make me cry, like the butterflies or songs. Now I don't have to be sad that they're not here. Now I can actually like let them in my life just in a different way. And so I think... I think that's kind of important to mention too, where it's like you let go, but you also allow yourself to receive their spirit if that's what you choose. Because I know for me, that brings me a lot of peace. And so I think it's, you know, I think being able to share like, hey, like I, I can relate to you and I'm still not pregnant, but I am on the other side and it's possible. I think... I wish I had that going through the dark. I kind of wish that I had. You're going to help so many people by sharing this. It's so it's so important that it's not just like once you get pregnant or once you have the baby, like then you'll feel joy that that can come way before it. Like well, it's so just- hard, I think, in a sense, because I'm pregnant and Sarah has her angel baby. I remember being in your shoes. I mean, I kind of took the same amount of time. I took a year off to really heal and deeply find myself and my happiness outside of wanting to get pregnant for a long time as well. So I relate to you in so many ways. Um, But I literally remember searching for podcasts to have a story that I could relate to. 
And literally listening to you right now, I'm like, oh my gosh, me last year would have, like, Amanda, you would have been an answered prayer for me in the dark, you know? Yeah, for to really me too. know, like, okay, I can get, if she can find her light, like, so can I, whether I have a baby or not, you know? And so I'm so glad that you're on this because, you know, you know, Sarah and I can talk and share all of our experiences and things. But at the end of the day, like, I'm pregnant and she has a baby, you know? So like somebody who doesn't have that yet could listen to us and be like, whatever, like these girls need to stop talking because they like have what I want, you know? Um, Even though like being pregnant, like I'm like, I don't have it yet. You know, I may be pregnant, but I still don't have it yet. It's like a whole, I mean, it's a whole mindset in itself. Well, yeah, because, you know, I think lovingly you hear so many people, they're like, oh, I know this one cousin. I know this one friend. They had a, they had a baby soon after. And I'm like, it gave me so much hope. But then as time went by, I'm like, okay, I'm done with these stories. I'm done with these hope stories, you know? Um, And, you know, I, I hope, I hope it does help because, I think it's really just about the healing that you do for yourself because, you know, especially with social media and just things these days, it's all about like, what do you physically have or externally? And for me, nothing physically really happened. I didn't, you know, buy a house or I didn't, whatever, right? Like nothing physically really happened. Like, I just feel like I have clarity again to, to be, to be in this life again, because I was not for so long. And I think it's taking that pressure of having to have so much and to turn that into how can you just be and find, I don't want to say fulfillment, but just find joy in that, you know, because when you find that like peace and that joy within you, at least for people that are trying you and then not that it to say it's just for the baby, but it's all like a ripple effect, right? Where it's like, now that I'm feeling better, I naturally want to take care of myself again, you know, for, for so long, I wasn't eating or I was eating whatever I wanted. I wasn't ex whatever, right? Like I wasn't taking care of myself. And so now that I'm feeling better, I naturally want to do those things. And that in turn physically helps me better prepare for a baby, right? And so I think it really just starts, you know, within. It's so hard to not think about the future and what's next, what's next, what's my what are my next steps, you know? So hard. <laughs> but like I mean, like you said, like you said earlier, like all of this is just preparing you to then become the mama that like you wouldn't have been had this not all happened and and that's just all gonna be in benefit yourself and and to the baby whenever that baby shows up. I think it all just prepares you, right? Where I can see that a lot of mamas share where it's like, it's hard to just take care of themselves, right? And so I think when I can kind of learn what that looks like for me now, and, you know, when you have a baby, obviously, there's probably not a lot of physical things you could do for yourself, or it's just more challenging, but it's like, what can you do for your mind or your heart? And so I think just focusing on that, I think it's not just giving me a baby, but it's just giving me overall wellness, which, you know, literally feeling like I was dead for 
so long. It just feels, it does. It feels like I'm alive again, quite the journey. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing all of this. It, it really is, I mean, hopefully just an answered prayer to, to people listening, because I know I would have loved to hear something like this in, in the in-between time. Um, so I think it's so important. And I thank you so much for coming on and, and spending your time with us and, and telling us your story. It's, it's just so important and, um, and so inspiring too. It really is. This is the exact reason why we wanted to start this podcast to have stories like this that people can listen to and relate to and not feel as alone. So thank you, Amanda. We're so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. And you'll be in our prayers in your future, but for right now, you're crushing it. <laughs> Thank you. I know. It's it's so funny now that I'm like having a little bit more clarity. I'm like, okay, I got the, all these other problems I got to deal with. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but we're here now. No, no, we all do. We all do for sure. All right. Well, good night, you guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. It would mean everything to us if you'd rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us, your hosts, on Instagram at Meg Och, M-E-G-O-C-C-H, and at S-J-Silk, S-J-S-I-L-K, and follow at MeantToBeMama underscore podcast for all podcast-related updates. Our biggest goal is to create community in this space. So feel free to DM us, introduce yourself, and share your stories if you're open to it. You can also find our private Meant to Be Mama community by requesting us on Facebook and searching Meant to Be Mama podcast community. You can find all of these links in the show notes. See you next episode.